Join me March 12th for a free event, Menopause Reset, a three-day challenge to help you kickstart your metabolism so you can lose weight, sleep better, stop the hot flashes, and regain your energy. If you're a midlife woman who has thought about implementing lifestyle changes to help stop the hot flashes, sleep better, and lose those extra pounds, listen up. If you're ready to get your life back, but you're worried about how much time it takes, how you're going to get your family on board, or you just don't know where to start, I have a strategy that is exactly what you need to help you get off the weight loss, sleep deprivation, hot flash, having a roller coaster. Head over to hellohotflash.com challenge to get your limited free spot. The Menopause Reset 3-Day Challenge includes nightly live coaching. We start March 12th, so sign up at hellohotflash.com challenge. See you March 12th. Hey there, I'm Stephanie Shaw. Welcome to the Hello Hot Flash podcast, where midlife women can learn from guest experts and authors who discuss menopause and all that comes with this new chapter in our lives. Hello Hot Flash, where we learn to control the change and not let the change control us. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hello Hot Flash, where we teach you how to control the midlife change. I am so happy to be here today with Samantha Gladish. Samantha, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I also love the name of your podcast. (laughs) So good. So good. Thank you so much. Samantha and I met at a conference in Canada. I heard her speak and I'm like, you have to come talk to my audience. They need to know this information. So I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you. I appreciate being here. Yeah, everyone. Samantha is a hormone nutritionist, business mentor, and host of the top rated podcast, The Wellness Witch. Now I'm telling you, that's a good title as well. (laughs) You have some amazing guests on your podcast. So um, I encourage folks to also listen to that podcast as well. Thanks again for being here. I want to start off our conversation by you telling me a little bit about your experience, about your journey, and what led you to working with women and their thyroid health. Yeah. So I have always been very immersed into the field of health and wellness and nutrition from a young age. Like I just loved it loved it loved it being in the garden and my parents would literally take me to mcdonald's and i would be like i'll get a salad (laughs) yeah it was weird (laughs) and i mean don't get me wrong i still ate the junk food but i just was always just had this passion and this this interest in health and wellness and so you know as i got older well those habits die hard when you're a teenager that's for sure but as i got older and was experiencing a lot of issues around my period and you know pain and discomfort around my cycle my doctor put me on the birth control pill which is just you know the band-aid solution and i didn't think anything of it and then when i started in nutrition school in my early 20s and i learned about the pill i was like oh my god i literally got off it like that week and started making like all these radical changes and just wanted to really commit to this very holistic way of living and being and supporting my body and thyroid it's funny because you know after so after nutrition school i started to work primarily with women in the health space and i started coaching with women who were dealing with a lot of pms issues and birth control pill and wanting to come off the pill. So, you know, I had a very similar story. So it made sense to really support women in that space. And it's funny because women would come to me with these thyroid issues and being on Synthroid and 
you know, having all these thyroid symptoms and being diagnosed with hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. And I, and I would always say, that's really not my area of expertise. You know, why don't you go work over here? And in the back of my head, I was always like, wow, that seems so complex. I'm, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to work in that space. Fast forward to 2017 and I got diagnosed with autoimmune Hashimoto's. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to really do a deep dive and learn all of the things that I know and now support women in this space. And so that's ultimately what led me to working in the space of, of thyroid health. Hashimoto's, you know, 95% of women who are diagnosed with hypothyroidism, it's actually due to autoimmune Hashimoto's. And so I got diagnosed in 2017. I was having some crazy symptoms, just of course, the stress of being an entrepreneur and running your own business, as you know, even though I love it and it's a work that we love to do, it still brings its own stress, right? And so I was just working a lot in those first few years of getting my business off the ground and I was tired and my weight was fluctuating and I could not sleep for the life of me. And I remember going into the gym to lift weights and I went to grip the weights and I I had this like weird pain in my hand and I couldn't grip the weights. It, it felt almost very arthritic in my hands. And I literally was like, oh, I know what this is. Like this is Hashimoto's. And so I went to get some lab testing and had that confirmed. And that really began my journey and my deep dive into learning all things thyroid health and, and Hashimoto's. The more I talk to people, it's all, there's a lot of pain into purpose stories. So I'm thinking, if I have another purpose in life, can I skip the pain part and just get to totally? The yeah, but it's so incredible because that's the type of coach that you want and you need someone who not just has that book knowledge, but they really understand what you're going through. So thank you for using that struggle, pain, what have you uh, in order to, to help other women. I'm going to back up a little bit and some folks mm -hmm. may be listening and they've they may think, oh, I've heard of Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism, but I really don't even know what the thyroid is. Tell us what's the thyroid gland and why is it so important? Absolutely. So the thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland. It is located essentially at the base of your neck, and it is involved in all metabolic processes in the body, everything. So when we think about metabolism, a lot of us will instantly think of fat loss, weight gain, weight loss. That's what we think about when we think about metabolism. But, and that's a piece, don't get me wrong. Sure, your, your thyroid is kind of like the thermostat of the body. So it will support in this heat production, which can raise your metabolic rate and absolutely support weight loss or the opposite, weight gain. And so, it definitely plays a role in that, but metabolism is so beyond that. You know, your thyroid is governing the metabolism of your ovaries. It's so intricately connected with your ovaries and sex hormones and your ovulation. And so it plays a very big role in your fertility, your digestion, your brain health, your heart health. There is thyroid hormone on every receptor in the body. So this is why when we start to experience low thyroid output, hypothyroidism, it can be such a wide range of symptoms because the thyroid governs so much in the body from the brain and the heart and digestion and sex hormones. So we, we really feel it. And this is why we can, we will go to our doctor 
and be like, I'm gaining weight. I feel depressed. I feel moody. My cycle is off. My digestion is slow. I feel sluggish. I'm constipated, right? <laughs> oh. It's it's all of these symptoms. And it doesn't always mean it's the thyroid, mm-hmm. but it often tends to be the culprit. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of thyroid in, in and of itself. When it comes to autoimmune Hashimoto's, so autoimmune you know, our immune system lives in our gut. And so essentially what's happening is our immune system is attacking the body. And in the case of Hashimoto's, the immune system is attacking the thyroid gland. So just like something with rheumatoid arthritis, you have the immune system that's attacking the joints. And in this case, it's it's the thyroid. So it can definitely start to sort of degrade the thyroid and, and thyroid output. And it's not that it's just a thyroid issue, it's an immune issue. And so the immune system needs to be addressed, the gut needs to be addressed, and that's sometimes missed. And a lot of women think, oh, because I have autoimmune Hashimoto's and my thyroid is involved here, I have to do things to support the thyroid. And again, they're missing that immune and gut piece. It's like getting to that root cause. You need to get that underlying root cause in order for you to to heal so you can get off medication and or live a more healthy life. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear that a lot. And I know that to be true. Telling folks or making folks understand that once you get to the root cause, that's when you start to see that true healing. So I thank you for bringing that up. Talk to us a little bit about the connection between the adrenal gland and the thyroid gland. Sure. So everything is interconnected. Mm -hmm. And so everything, you know, nothing really is existing in isolation. And that's also another key piece to really pay attention to, because again, we think, oh, I have thyroid issues, so I'll take the medication and then I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason, like you said, the root cause, there's an underlying reason that's causing that thyroid to essentially tank out or not perform optimally. And there's never just one root cause. There's Mm -hmm. multiple, there's always multiple. And there is the HPA axis, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, and the thyroid is involved in that as well. The HPTA axis, I guess you could say. And so, you know, the brain is essentially communicating with your thyroid, it's communicating with your adrenals. So if you have high functioning adrenals, which means high stress, and a lot of cortisol and adrenaline output, you're going to have a low functioning thyroid. Mm. So they communicate, they connect with each other and they support one another. And I mean, I think we can all see how stress can impact not just the thyroid, but everything, right? Right. Especially chronic stress, how it really can start to impact inflammation and digestion and fertility and heart health and brain health, all of the things. So the essentially what's happening there is just we're overworking the adrenals. And as we are, you know, overproducing a lot of those stress hormones, our thermostat (laughs) starts to drop um, because we cannot have really both functioning at the same time or at the same capacity. When women are listening to the podcast or listening to this episode specifically, they may be thinking, oh, I have that symptom or I'm feeling depressed or, you know, I think I'm high stress. Tell me what symptoms might indicate that there is a thyroid problem and are those symptoms different if you're menopausal? 
Yeah, they kind of look very similar, the symptoms in menopause and this and the symptoms with thyroid, they can be very, very similar. So this is why in menopause, if you're dealing with all of those symptoms, to test your thyroid and really look at a full thyroid panel, which we can always chat about, but really look at the thyroid because it can be one of those things where you get that kind of under wraps, you start to feel so much better symptomatically. So the symptoms that can show up, man, they can be fast. <laughs> There's quite the array. So typically with low thyroid output, hypothyroidism, our digestion will slow down. And so women will tend to feel more constipated, uh, more bloated, often deal with more heartburn and acid reflux issues that can start to show up. And it's not to say that these are going to be symptoms that happen with everybody across the board, but these tend to be what we often see. A weight gain for sure. So especially weight gain when you feel like you're doing everything right and nothing's really shifted, but the weight is coming on. And brain fog is a really big one cold hands and cold feet, sometimes hair loss. There can definitely be issues with fertility or anovulatory cycles and just ovulation issues that might happen there. Hypothyroidism will also slow down liver detox. And so our liver is our main detox organ and it's what's gonna help us to eliminate excess estrogen from the body. And so if we're not effectively eliminating that estrogen, now we can get this buildup of excess est uh, estrogen, which can lead to kind of these estrogen dominant type symptoms. And that brings a whole host. So it's all very intertwined. And this is why sometimes it's so complex and, and hard to pinpoint this one thing, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. we're feeling all these symptoms and it's hard to figure out is it the estrogen? Is it the thyroid? Is it that I've got gut issues going on? Is it my inflammation? Is it this? You know, it's, it can be really, yeah, it can be hard and just challenging to, to kind of navigate it all. But I definitely want to offer some suggestions today of where we can start and what that can all look like. But um, perhaps we'll dive into that yeah, uh, shortly. We, yeah, we definitely <laughs> are. I want to, I, you yeah. touched on something before we dive into that about testing and lab yes. work. So talk to us about that. And from my experience, quote unquote, normal test results aren't always your normal. So if you can speak to that Correct. a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. So traditionally, if you go to your conventional medical doctor, um, you know, allopathic medicine, you're going to be tested for TSH. Mm -hmm. And TSH is your thyroid stimulating hormone. And it can fluctuate a lot. So I can bet that if you were to go in the morning and test your TSH and you were to go at like five o'clock at night, you might actually get a very different number. Mm -hmm. So relying on it, well, we can't really rely on it because <laughs> it, it can be a bit erratic. And we typically want to look at a TSH that is under two, you know, maybe around one or two. And the thing is, I think the higher end of the range is closer to five and the higher up that number goes the lower thyroid function is happening, but most doctors won't treat that until it's at five or over five, which by that point, it's not to say that that's too late, right? but we could have treated a lot sooner and supported the, the thyroid a lot sooner because it could be years that you're dealing with this. And because 
the number isn't within the range that the doctor is looking for, you know, that's years without getting the proper treatment and support. So TSH is a bit of, you know, that that needle moves a lot there. So we don't want to rely on just TSH. We want the full picture. And this is why a full thyroid panel is really important. So a full thyroid panel will involve TSH, Mm -hmm. but also our T3, our T4, reverse T3, and then also looking at autoimmune antibodies. So anti-TPO and anti-TG. So those are the numbers, the labs that you really want to be looking at. T4 is your inactive thyroid hormone, but it converts into T3, which is your active thyroid hormone. And reverse T3, oftentimes when we see that really high, we can pretty much guess that that's due to a lot of adrenal issues that's going on there or stress. So we we want that number to kind of be in the mid range. It can be a little bit challenging to talk about ranges and numbers because maybe some of your listeners are in the US or they're in Canada and sometimes different labs have different ranges and it it can be a little bit complicated, but I do have some different posts on on Instagram that women can go look up and, you know, and access what the kind of ranges look like and what you kind of want to be looking for so that you can really become your own detective instead of just relying on what the doctor tells you. That's really, really important here is really advocating for yourself and knowing how to read some of that lab work. So those are some of the labs we want to look at. And then ruling out the autoimmune antibodies, because of course, like I said earlier, 95% of women who have hypothyroidism, it's typically due to autoimmune Hashimoto's. So we do want to rule that out. But I do want to mention that with antibodies, they can also be something that fluctuates a lot. And Women, myself included, I used to be really obsessed with those antibodies because essentially the higher they are, the higher the inflammation is really in the body. And so it can be really easy to freak out and see, you know, numbers that are like kind of off the charts. And here you are now, you know, doing all of the things and gluten-free and this free and sugar-free and dairy-free and all the stuff. And you're, you know, managing your stress and your sleep and you're taking the supplements, but like these numbers are so high. It can sometimes lead to this obsessiveness of, well, now I have to restrict more. I have to deprive more. I have to do more. I have to take more things and it's actually not about doing more it's about doing less and simplifying it tell me what you mean by that doing less yeah so the more complex our health protocols become Mm -hmm. the farther away from healing and truth we really are Mm -hmm. complexity is well it's complicated (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and our bodies aren't complicated but in this era of social media and everyone on their mother being an influencer Mm -hmm. and you know we're following all these different people we're listening to all these different podcasts and all these different viewpoints it's great that we have all this information at our fingertips and there's so many amazing resources and tools and labs and all this amazingness that we have access to but it actually is just leading to so much more confusion and i think it's really paralyzing women in like, where do I start? What do I do? This person says do this and this one says not to do it. And this study said this and this person said this. And then there's these thousands of labs that I should be doing. And then there's these supplements and these products. And it's like, 
you can go crazy trying to do all of the things. And it's not to say that those things won't help, right? Like labs and functional testing and all of that is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But if you haven't implemented the foundational strategies and you haven't done them consistently, and I don't mean like four weeks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like go do it for a year and come back to me and tell me what you're feeling and what your life looks Mm -hmm. like. That's what I mean. I ended up going to 18 different doctors, two world renowned medical facilities, like $20,000 out of pocket. And it wasn't until it was, it was almost that year of consistency where I felt better. And then I could kind of navigate all of this stuff that I kept hearing, you know, do you have lupus? Do you have Addison's disease? Is it your thyroid? There was so much that you're right. You can get paralyzed by yes. the amount of information. And then when I got to the root, eliminating stress sleeping better and eating a balanced diet. I'm like, Oh, wait, (laughs) that's all I had to do. You know, there were other things in there, but that's of course, that's the core of getting, getting your health restored. So yeah, I'm happy you said that. Never had a guest talk about that. And I like that. You you (laughs) talked a little bit about supplementation. So not enough, too much. Talk talk to us about that. Can we overdo it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I know. I overdo it. (laughs) It's very easy to overdo it. Let me figure out which mushroom I can take. Totally. Totally. How much marshmallow root can I drink today? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my God. It's easy to fall into this trap. You know, like I'm sure we all have the supplement drawer, the the graveyard of supplements. That's just, you know, tons of stuff that we're not even using. Yeah and you know money down the drain and listen i get it especially as someone who's just so excited about the body and health and well-being and products and like trying new things like i'm excited by that however i also have boundaries around it and i know that less is always more so i have my core supplements that i take and i focus on products that are whole food derived as much as possible. So things like organ supplements or my vitamin C isn't citric acid. It's actually coming from like amla fruit or camu camu, like really as whole food as possible. Taking mushrooms, it's a food and it's very medicinal. So those, you know, there's my core, but then there's the extras. Those are what I would say, just like the bonuses. Hmm. Like if you want to supplement with collagen, that's a bonus. Yeah. That's not something that's going to radically tra- transform your health or your inflammation or what, you know, whatever chronic health issue you're going through. It's a bonus. You know, the protein powders. I, I'm currently obsessed with this chocolate bone broth protein that I love to like put into my, my coffee or I mix into my oats. You know, I, it's just a bonus. Yeah. I don't need that as part of my routine, but I like it. So I'm just clear that I recognize there's certain products that I like to take, but if they were taken away from me, it's fine because they're not the things that's actually helping to support or really move the needle for me, if that makes sense. And so that is something that I think a lot of us need to start asking ourselves is like, is this really moving the needle for me? And how can I actually simplify? And again, the more complex it is, the farther away from healing you truly are. And how do you even know what's working for you? 
And so food first, focus on a food first approach. Our diets can serve as the basis for getting in majority of the nutrients that we need. And I know that can be challenging sometimes for multiple reasons, cost of food, accessibility maybe to certain things, time of year and seasonal, even though our diets should be changing with the seasons so that we could be eating the foods that are more local and more seasonal at that time. So these are some things to, you know, to keep in mind, but in terms of like recommendations, I, I wasn't even sure if you wanted me to like give yeah, any I've recommendations. Been, yeah. <laughs> I've been to it. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of recommendations, specifically with the thyroid, you know, one of my favorite go-tos is always beef liver mm-hmm. and either eat it. And if you can't eat it, and I know a lot of us are not going to want to eat it. You know, my mother loves like sauteing it with onions. And I'm like, that is just not my thing. I did that as a child. We- yeah. I'm not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. So you can supplement with it. And, you know, organ supplements are so fantastic. And again, it's a whole food form. And the organ of, you know, from the animal is actually the most therapeutic and nutrient dense part of the animal. And here we are eating, you know, chicken breast or, you know, like we're having these very lean cuts of meat mm-hmm. and we're neglecting like the fat and the real saturated fat and the actual organs, which is, you know, ancestrally where people ate. That's what they ate. That's the first thing they went for yeah. because it's very nutrient dense. So beef liver is so great because you're getting copper, you're getting zinc, you're getting selenium. You're getting vitamin A, but in the form of retinol, which you cannot get on a plant-based diet. And that retinol is so important for that thyroid hormone conversion and fertility overall. So there's a lot of reasons why, you know, beef liver and just this whole food. I, I actually think it's one of like the best multivitamins that anybody could really take is just beef liver. It will give you pretty much everything that you need. And again, it's in a whole food form. I've never recommended multivitamins to any clients over the years because yeah, I've never had them take multivitamins because number one, they're very synthetic and you are trying to like shove all these nutrients into, you know, like two capsules or something like that. And you're not going to really get a good like therapeutic dose. And I can understand how sometimes something like that could fill the nutritional gap, but you're way better off taking like, again, an organ supplement or a multi-organ or a beef liver that will give you those nutrients in its raw, real form. What if you have clients who are plant-based and they're like, no, I'm not going that route. Do you have suggestions for them as well? It's a hard one. My suggestion is to really sit with how you're feeling and question if what you're doing is going to be the best for you and your health moving forward. It really is. Like I used to be vegan. I've worked with many vegans over the years and you only get so far. Mm-hmm. And that's just me speaking in real honesty and being transparent that I have only seen people get so far and a really big reliance on supplementation. And that's not how we're meant to live. And that's not how we're meant to be. And so eat vegetables, eat plant-based foods, but include animal products as well. So I really do stand for that because I have seen the difference it has made 
And after 15 years of working with clients, I've seen a lot and it's been a really radical shift. Yeah. So when I was sick, I was, I transitioned from vegan to vegetarianism. And then I had to go to pescatarianism. So I saw that I was missing some things and I slowly mm -hmm. had to start adding some of those back just so I could feel good, feel better. And I know people yeah. on vegan, vegetarian lifestyles who feel well, they're doing well, but sometimes when you are running into some type of medical issue, you do need to take that extra step and make sure that your body is getting what it needs to get and getting it through your food. As you said before, it's better than getting it through a ton of supplements. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the bioavailability of a lot of those supplements aren't very great. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is why we want to take a food first approach. Yeah. I'm still pescatarian, but yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah. as I said, I've had well, the you're there. Food. Do you, are yeah. you eating like seafood? Do you eat seafood? Yeah, I'll eat salmon. Yeah. Yeah. I eat a lot of salmon. So getting my omega threes in and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just have not gone back. Also, I, I think part of it for me is because I've gone through this journey, I know what supports my body. And I also know what makes me feel not feel good at all. And it felt like mm -hmm. when I went back to that meat-based diet or thought about going back to that meat-based diet, it was not supporting my gut and so forth. So, and it may have been that I didn't give it long enough to transition back. So totally, yeah, totally. yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. Some approach, but the more I've, I've been talking to people, the perspective that you're giving of, again, getting it from all natural source that we were made to get it from versus something made in a lab is where we should all be headed. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That should always be the first focus. 100%. Yeah. yeah love it. So how does thyroid health or uh, yeah, thyroid health impact menopausal symptoms such as weight gain, fatigue, and mood changes? Yeah. So, you know, just going back to how the thyroid is really that metabolic igniter in mm -hmm. the body. And because metabolism, again, means so much more than just weight gain and weight loss, mm -hmm. and you have thyroid hormone receptor on every single cell in the body, this is where all these symptoms can really start to show up and you can really start to experience weight gain and mood issues and hair loss and feeling more cold in your body and just your just sluggish overall. Right. And so, you know, and then as we're aging as well, and we're heading into those perimenopausal menopausal years, we have a lot of shifts that are happening with estrogen primarily, I mean, and, and progesterone as well. And so, you know, thyroid and progesterone are amazing for accelerating the metabolism and utilizing fat and energy production. But if you have this imbalance with estrogen and, and progesterone and you have too high estrogen, well, then your progesterone is going to be too low. And then, so that's also going to impact symptoms because progesterone is amazing for supporting mood and calming the body and helping us to really like move through stress and it's just such a good mood balancer and it's also a really great metabolic igniter itself but excess estrogen can really cause the liver to produce what's called thyroid binding globulin tbg mm -hmm. and so it does exactly what it says, thyroid binding globulin. It's binding to thyroid hormone and it is basically making that thyroid hormone less available to use. 
So these are all the things. Again, it's so right. interconnected, right? It's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the thyroid that was the issue or is it the estrogen that was the issue, right? And it can be really hard to, to figure that out and it could really be all of it together. And so again, doing some proper lab testing could just give you a bit of a deeper insight. And just going back to the lab testing for one second is that, especially here in Canada, you will have to pay for some of those labs out of pocket. And I highly encourage you to do that because again, you need to see the full picture and, you know, maybe you work with a medical doctor who's like very open and that's great. And they're willing to run those labs. Awesome. Definitely take advantage of that. Um, but, uh, you will still have to pay for, I think one of the antibody tests and reverse T3, I can't remember now, but I believe there's two or three of them that you have to pay for. So do it. It's worth it. And it will give you a full picture. How do women even develop hypothyroidism? Stress is a big one. Mm -hmm. Stress really is probably at the core of, of it. You know, we have, like I was saying earlier, the adrenals are really communicating with the thyroid. And so as we are dealing with a lot of chronic stress in our lives, and that's another thing to really, you know, point out when I speak about chronic stress, I think a lot of us think of stress and we think of like the big stressors, right. finances and work and relationships and, you know, losing a loved one and going through these traumatic experiences. And of course, those are stressors, but we don't think about the everyday stressors, like skipping meals mm. and not eating enough food. Mm. That's a massive stressor to the body. You know, you're not giving your body fuel. Right. And we complain so often about low energy well, what gives the body energy? Food. <laughs> right. So are you eating enough food, right? Simple, just very simple. So that's a big stressor. Under eating, overeating, overexercise, or even the opposite, you know, lack of and little movement, not getting enough sunlight and being outdoors. Sunlight is so, so, so important. Um, sleep. If these are things that, you know, it might happen on one day. I know how I feel if I miss one night of like not getting enough sleep, you know, and then you have I'm a day right where you've, <laughs> right, and you've been super busy and then you're skipping a meal and like, sure, that, that might happen every so often. And I get that, you know, we lead busy lives. But when this is our regular and this is our routine and we're going to bed late and then we're getting up and we're just having coffee, we're working through the day, we skip lunch, we get home, we're gorging on this massive meal at night, we're hanging out in front of the TV and we're snacking on sugar or we're drinking a glass of wine, we're staying up late and the cycle begins again. This is a picture for a lot of women and that repeatedly over and over and over is a massive chronic stressor and you are living off of cortisol and adrenaline and it feels really good it's like a drug it Until really it does, does it. it gives you a high you feel like oh i got this yeah. I got you know like it's what goes up must come down yeah, right and yeah that that feeling that high is you're gonna come crashing down and you are gonna feel burnt out and that whole cycle starts to tank the thyroid so not getting enough food not getting enough movement the sunlight the lack of sleep it's impacting the adrenals it's impacting the thyroid and then now it's impacting the ovaries and our sex hormones and everything can now start to really feel like it's falling apart 
(laughs) essentially. That makes so much sense. I'm happy you broke down the different causes of stress because again, people don't think about their everyday rhythm causing them to have stress. No, I'm relaxing with a glass of wine, watching TV. Yes. No, I'm just having a, you know, some, a bowl of ice cream after every meal or something like that and not thinking about it. I know that you talk about um, ancestral nutrition and we touched on it just a little bit. Like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And are there strategies for healing our bodies that don't just involve nutrition? Absolutely. So when I think about ancestral nutrition, I think about how did we used to live off the land? Mm -hmm. Like, what did that actually look like? What, what were the methodologies that have survived the, you know, for years, like pickling foods and fermenting foods and making homemade sourdough bread, you know, eating the whole animal, eating seasonally. So you're eating probably more fruits and different vegetables in the summertime than you are in the wintertime. And you might have more carbohydrates in the wintertime than you do in the summer because of just what's accessible to you and potatoes and sweet potatoes and squashes. And so that is really more, you know, what I think about ancestral nutrition, what, what that really looks like and living more in alignment with essentially how our ancestors really lived. And, you know, that also includes fish and seafood and eggs and raw milk and dairy which can be a very hard to get in Canada because it's illegal, which is so wild to me. Uh, so, so wild to me. But, you know, having dairy, again, because you would have these animals that were living on your land and you are, you know, utilizing the whole animal. Right. And yeah. so raw dairy is actually amazing. And a lot of people who find that they are lactose and can't tolerate dairy actually do really well on raw dairy because it's not heated and you're not killing off the beneficial enzymes and it is loaded with so many good saturated fats which build your brain and your hormones need saturated fats that's really what i think of when i think about ancestral nutrition uh eating as close to nature as possible and also eating seasonally yeah that's so smart because you think i didn't mean to interrupt you but i think about how my grandmother ate every part of the animal and if i eat any part i'm like getting sick at one it's they the animals aren't treated the same exact way and you're right you have to find like a local butcher or a local um, dairy producer or someone so that if you're eating that close to the land you're getting really good quality food but yeah they live longer they ate seasonally and they they lived a lot longer than we're living now they lived healthy a lot longer than we a longer. Now. That's true. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. You don't see all those chronic health conditions. No, no. Back I... then the way you do now are all the, you know, autoimmunity and right. yeah, infertility rates yeah. is so yeah. high. And, and that was babies for women. <laughs> totally. My grandmother had 10 kids. Like that's just not what you hear about nowadays and how couples cannot conceive one child. And so we have to look at this. We really have to start looking at this at a much deeper level. Like what are we missing? Why are we so disconnected from the way we used to be and how we used to live? Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you're going no, to that's talk okay. about um, the strategies for healing that don't just involve nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because of course, food first, 
-hmm. and nutrition, a food first approach and nutrition is important and it should definitely be part of, you know, the, the healing process, but there's so many things beyond that. And I think it's really easy to just get so hyper-focused on the food that we forget about the other things. So sleep, that's so essential. You know, if, if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. And if you're not sleeping, you are driving up that cortisol. You're also driving up that insulin. I'm sure there are many women who have, you know, days on end of not sleeping. And I'm also not speaking to the new mothers, FYI, because <laughs> yeah, you're off the hook on this one. Right. But, you know, many women who have gone days on end without sleeping, you're not waking up and being like, mm, I just want a kale salad. I know. No, that is no. You're like exhausted. You know, give me the coffee, right. give me the carbs, give me the chocolate. Like you're in full survival mode, yeah. and also, you know, your insulin is raised, and so you're going to crave more sugar right. um, because your body is looking for quick fuel to to move, to go, to do things, to think, to process all of it. That's why sleep is so essential. If people could just get really good quality deep sleep like that alone would just change the world yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really would so having healthy sleep boundaries and not having your phone on you at night when you're in your bedroom and you're lying on your bed and scrolling on your phone like we have a hard rule in our house that there are no phones in the bedrooms so and we have a it's called like a kill switch for the wi-fi so it's just this one switch that you turn off at night and so it shuts off the Wi-Fi when we go to bed. So even if I'm, you know, sometimes I'll read on my iPad because I have like four books that I'm reading at once and it's so easy to do it on the iPad. And it's ridiculous because I'm wearing like my blue blocking glasses. I have the iPad on airplane mode. I have an EMF blocking blanket that I'm that's on me. And then I have the iPad. And, you know, there might be something that I'm reading and it like makes me think of something like, oh, I should look this up. And it's like, right. I can't because yeah. the Wi-Fi is off and this is not a good time to be buzzing and my brain thinking. So um, this is why I've been reading like fiction at night. Yeah, so you don't have to like look up getting any into stories. And so that I'm like, no education at night because my brain is buzzing. I'm like, oh, I should write about this. I should research, research this. I should. Yeah. And so, yeah. no. So none <laughs> of that. So sleep. Number one, that is so key. Yeah. make that a priority. If you haven't yet prioritized that, I think that that's the first place to start for sure. Movement, really important. And movement does not have to mean, you know, this like crazy workout routine, but just start with walking. If you haven't started with anything yet, at least start with that ideally outside. So now you're also exposing yourself to the fresh air and you're in nature and getting that natural light. Um, and that would be, you know, the next point, natural light. Sunlight is so key. Sunlight is, and I mean, even if it's a cloudy day or it's minus 10 or 20 out and you don't want to go outside and it's cloudy and it's rainy and it's cold, whatever it is, that natural light, you need that light. You need it to get into the eyeballs. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who wears sunglasses all the time, it's time to stop that. <laughs> because you are cutting off that connection from the natural light to literally set your circadian rhythm. So it's one thing, yes, you can wear your sunglasses, but if you're wearing them all the time and you're not getting any light into your eyes, you just have to make it a priority to not wear them for maybe 20 minutes in the morning and maybe 20 minutes in the afternoon and make it a point to actually get the light into your eyes. And so 
that's actually what helps to support your leptin mm -hmm. and your leptin is such a master hormone that that hormone actually sets not only does it support your circadian rhythm so like your sleep and your wake cycles but it actually helps with thyroid hormone conversion mm -hmm. and it will also impact your cravings your weight uh, so many symptoms that a lot of us are dealing with and you could just get sunlight every single morning when the sun rises and get outside for 10 minutes you will change your life I was just going to like set a challenge to people because especially if I'm doing these interviews and so forth, and I'll usually, you know, pack a lot together. And I kid you not, like everything changes if I just physically get up. I just stand on the porch. I don't do anything else. And I'll come back and it's like, I've worked out for an hour. It, the sense of energy and the relief my body gets and the peace that I feel. And the only thing I do is stand on the porch and just let that sun in. It's it's a game changer. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that you do that and that you make that a priority. And I do the same thing. I just stand on the porch. Mm -hmm. Like I roll out of bed. I just throw on whatever clothes. <laughs> I throw on a toque if it's really cold and wrap myself in a blanket. I look ridiculous standing on my porch, you know, I'm wearing these like bright orange Adidas slides with my socks. Like people who are driving by are definitely like, what is this woman doing? And I'm just staring at the sun. So I have a pillar so I can like almost hide my body behind the pillar. So <laughs> part of I like go behind the pillar. That's like, great. They don't want to see all of this. <laughs> oh, that's great. I try to hide and it's not the perfect spot to see the sun. So I really just have to stand out there and fully expose my weirdness. And that's okay. It's okay. It's a, it's a good weirdness. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to absolutely. share that with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love that you do that. And I'm just like, I really hope someone one morning who's walking their dog stops and actually asks me like, what are you doing? Be like, let me tell you about the hormone leptin. Yeah. I'm like, I just hope someone asks me that one day while I'm standing there. Shout out to your neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Samantha. <laughs> That's awesome. I have two more questions for you, Samantha. So sure. what are you reading or listening to and how can we find you? Absolutely. So I mentioned fiction. Uh -huh. <laughs> I've been, I've been falling deep into the trap of Colleen Hoover. Do you ever read him, any of her books? <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I read one and it just kind of sucked me in and I just kind of <laughs> fell down the trap. And the thing is, they're just, you know, some of the stories I'm even reading them and I'm like, I don't know, these sound a little too like young romance, but still I'm so captivated by this. What happens next? Does she date him? Does she, you know, I'm just, yeah. So it's been silly, but it's, actually so enjoyable mm -hmm. because it really does get me out of my head and like into this whole other world that's fun and light and you know no research and all of that like right. I was saying earlier one of my favorite books is called breathe by James Nestor and so I do facilitate breathwork classes and I love that book. It is so good. The power of your breath, you know, definitely something else I would add onto the list of things to do that has nothing to do with nutrition, breath work, so powerful and We're such an amazing my, way. Teaching my two-year-old grandson that as well. Oh, great. Yeah. If you're anxious about something or if he's running around, we're like, okay, let's talk about breathing right now. It's so funny. He does it to himself. He'll like, I need to relax. 
Thanks. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. That's so powerful. You know, what an amazing tool to have that at such a young age. I forget where are you located again? I'm in Northeast Ohio. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not too I was gonna far say, come to my breathwork class next week, but that will be too far. <laughs> Are you near where the conference was? No, actually. Okay. I'm, I'm, pro I'm probably like a good hour away from, from the conference. Okay. I'm outside I'm like, of the city. Yeah. All right. I'm like three hours from Buffalo, New York. So like right by the border. Oh, great. We're closer to Hamilton. Okay. okay. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Yeah. So I won't be popping in next week. No, that's fine. <laughs> I when understand Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When you're back, then we can definitely plan it. Um, but yeah, breath work. And so that book, books? breathe. If, oh my God, I can like, I have a whole <laughs> list of a stack of them behind me. There's this really good one called signs mm -hmm. from Laura Lynn Jackson and that is a beautiful book. It's about receiving signs from mm -hmm. your loved ones who have passed and have crossed over. And she's a psychic medium and she tells these really beautiful stories of clients that she's worked with and how they've come in contact with their loved ones. Oh my God. There's some stories where you're lying in bed and I'm just like crying. And I'm like, oh my God, this maybe, maybe not the ideal thing to read right before bed, but it, they're just so beautiful. So that's a really great book. So those are some of my suggestions. And um, yeah, and where everyone can find me, you can definitely tune into the Wellness Witch podcast. And I do love hanging out over on Instagram. My handle is Holistic Wellness Witch, which actually at the time when this airs may be something different. I'm actually just trying to change it over to my name. If you search me, Samantha Gladish, you will probably find me or head on over to our website, holisticwellness.ca. If you type in your name, it pops up. So, but I will also yeah. have, yeah. <laughs> But I also have everything in the show notes as well. Samantha, this has been amazing. I love when I am educated through a conversation and you did an amazing job doing that. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Of course. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to Hello Hot Flash, where we help you control the midlife change. Make sure to check out the show notes where we will include links to all of the subjects that we covered today. Everyone, here's to your health. If you're a midlife woman who's thought about implementing lifestyle changes to help stop the hot flashes, sleep better, and lose those extra pounds, well, listen up. If you're ready to get your life back, but you're worried about how much time it takes, how you're going to get your family on board, or you just don't know where to start, I have a strategy that is exactly what you need to help you get off the weight loss, sleep deprivation, hot flash having roller coaster. Join me March 12th for a free event, Menopause Reset a three-day challenge to help you kickstart your metabolism so you can lose weight, sleep better, stop the hot flashes, and regain your energy. Head over to hellohotflash.com challenge to get your limited free spot. The Menopause Reset three-day challenge includes nightly live coaching. We start March 12th, so sign up at hellohotflash.com challenge. See you March 12th.